Welcome to the podcast of the Renew Community. We strive to be a Jesus community who cares about the things Jesus cares about. As we adapt in this season of pandemic, we are meeting in our house churches in person and online as a primary space for worship, formation, connection, and encouragement. Teachings like this are one way we engage with scripture seeking to become more like Christ. These teaching podcasts also serve as a conversation starter for deeper engagement at House Church. We're glad you're listening. I will be reading James chapter 3. Not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that who teach, we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. If anyone never fails, is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to keep his whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can tame the whole animal or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are uh, steered by very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire, and itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, creatures of the sea, are being tamed and have been tamed by man, but no man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father. And with it, we curse men who have been made in Christ's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life by deeds spun by humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly and spiritual of the devil. For where you have envy, selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere, peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. May the, the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing to you. Lord, you are our rock and our redeemer. And it seems super appropriate to pray that this morning with this text we just heard. Um, I have to be honest that the, the first couple of verses made me think maybe I shouldn't be standing up here. <clears throat> my tongue is far from perfect and my words are far from perfect. Thank you for bearing with me. Um, I just want to start off with uh, a few weeks ago when Doug kicked us off, he mentioned that James 
um, relies very heavily on the teachings of Jesus, uh, that he's referring to them, utilizing them, and in particular, the Sermon on the Mount. And so I just want to throw up a slide that has some references that I think um, really relate to this passage of James 3. Uh, I'm, we're not going to talk about all of them. We're not going to read all of them. I will reference a couple of them probably. Um, but just if you want to jot those down, and as you're reading James 3 um, this week, you might want to check these uh, verses out as well um, to see uh, what Jesus has to say and how James is, is utilizing what, James, what Jesus taught. But the reality here in James 3 is that he paints a pretty bleak picture of our tongues and the destructive power of words. And I, I want to make a couple quick notes. Um, first note is that our words don't always have to be overtly abusive to be destructive. Um, they could be partial truths. It could be boasting, gossip. These things are all destructive as well. So um, we need to be mindful of that. The second note is when James talks about tongues, uh, it's important for us to realize like we communicate a lot without our tongues, especially in this age where we text, where we post on social media, we send emails. Um, I think what James is writing here doesn't just pertain to our actual tongues and what comes out of our mouths, but also the words that are coming uh, from our fingertips as well. But this is, man, <laughs> the tongue is full of evil, a deadly poison. Uh, and, but the reality, I think, here is that we've, we've all experienced this. We've all experienced the poison and the evil from tongues. Uh, we've all experienced this through words that have been spoken to us or about us. Uh, words that have left our souls bruised or bleeding. And, and maybe it's just, you know, a, a couple instances that you can remember in your life, uh, a word that someone spoke against you that, that has left a scar. But for some, it's much worse. It's been repeated and constant verbal attacks. You're worthless. You're nothing. You're trash. You're good for nothing. And so some of us carry those wounds that are quite deep. One of the, the references that James makes, one of the, the things that Jesus talks a lot about words, is that what comes from our mouth reflects our heart. What comes out of our mouth, the words that come from our heart, come out of our mouth, come from the heart. And so our words defile us. So this is in Matthew 12, 33 through 37. Uh, <clears throat> Jesus says, you brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Similarly, in Matthew 15, 1 through 20, and Mark 7, um, Jesus talks about how it is our words that defile us because they reflect our heart. 
And James hints at this as well when he talks about envy and selfish ambition being in our hearts. So it's not just the tongue, it's the heart. We've all experienced words that have come at us from an evil heart or a broken heart. And there's that old familiar childhood phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's just not true. But here's what is true. And I think this is a freeing and healing truth. For those of us who have had words spoken against us, words that have left their scars or maybe still bleeding wounds, a freeing healing truth, the words spoken against you speak more about the other person's heart. The words spoken against you speak more about the other person's heart. Because Jesus has a better word to speak over you. Here's what James has to say in chapter 1. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. And so for those of us bearing those wounds, we have to pay attention to the words of truth that Jesus wants to speak over us. Because the words that other people speak about us reflect more of their heart than they do about us. But of course, James isn't just talking about that. He's speaking to the words that come out of our mouths. And so... I don't know, maybe I'm the only one who can remember some regrettable words that I've spoken in haste or frustration or anger. We've all experienced this, right? (laughs) Words that we've spoken that we wish we could take back. Regrettable words, or, or worse, words that we actually believe are true because they do come from our own sinfulness. These words that that maybe have us singing that that old song. I was just reminded of this yesterday. (laughs) If I could turn back time. I never thought I'd be singing a share song Sunday morning. But if I could find a way, I'd take back all those words that have hurt you. We all have those words we regret. We wish we could take back. And here's, I think, a convicting yet freeing truth from James. The words you say to or about someone speak much more about your own heart. And at first, that maybe feels like a bit of a jab, but that's what Jesus taught. The words that come out of our mouth speak about our own heart. But if we're paying attention to James, if we're paying attention to the wisdom that he wants to teach us, we can pay attention to our words because they will reveal something to us about our own hearts. And we can begin to invite Jesus not just to touch our lips, but to actually enter into our hearts 
and do some transformative work there. Back in James 1, he writes, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. And so if we pay attention to those words, if we look at those words, we can begin to see what is reflected in our heart and experience forgiveness and transformation in Christ. Yes, James' picture of our tongue seems quite bleak. And here's, I think, (laughs) another truth. And this is a sobering and freeing truth. No one is able to tame their own tongue. No one is able to tame their own tongue. And the reason I think this is a freeing truth is because it allows us then to recognize that the words spoken against us come from somebody who hasn't been able to tame their own tongue because nobody can. And maybe that allows us to stand with a bit more of a posture of grace to allow those words to slide off and maybe come back with forgiveness and maybe come back with a blessing for that curse. It's a sobering and freeing truth because it allows us to experience the grace and goodness of Jesus who touches our lips and our hearts, forgiving, cleansing, and transforming. And it allows us to enter into a space to say, Lord, I want you to be Lord of all of me. And that includes this little bit that James calls the tongue. So Lord, control my tongue, but also transform my heart. And we invite the Holy Spirit to bear that fruit of self-control. I don't know if it's really self-control if the Holy Spirit's working with us. We've got a little help in that department. But we need wisdom from above, James writes. We need wisdom from above, from the Father of lights who gives every good and perfect gift. Wisdom that is pure, peaceable, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit. He's speaking about the wisdom that impacts our hearts and our words. Wisdom that is impartial and sincere. Wisdom that humbly shows itself through good, winsome actions and words. Wisdom that helps us sow and make peace, leading to right relationships. Wisdom to truly love our neighbor. No one is able to tame their own tongue. It may be bad news, but there is good news in that. The good news is we think about the story of of Isaiah in chapter 6, who says, I am a man of unclean lips. Woe is me. The God who is gracious, the God who longs to heal, sends that angel to touch his lips, to cleanse him. And there's more good news. Jesus doesn't mind touching our tongues. In Mark 7, where Jesus is actually talking about what what comes out of the the mouth, reflecting the heart, that's followed by a story of uh, Jesus encountering a man who is deaf and mute. Anybody remember what Jesus does with that man? It's kind of, it's not COVID friendly, we'll say that. He spits, and then he touches the man's tongue. 
is a little bit disturbing, but also deeply comforting. That the Lord will come alongside of us and touch our tongues and also transform our hearts. And so I think in this passage in James, in James chapter 3, there is this beautiful invitation from the Lord to experience healing, transformation, and to grow in wisdom. And so I, I have a few questions for us to reflect on. And I think this is what James is inviting us to in this challenging but also freeing passage. First, first question, first invitation that I think the Lord invites us to. What shame of hurtful words spoken against me do I still carry? What shame of hurtful words spoken against me do I still carry? And as we sit with that, we begin to pray, Lord, come and heal and speak your truth over me. The second question, where are my words reflecting jealousy, envy, bitterness, selfish ambition, or, or some other sinfulness in my heart? So if the words that you said reflect your heart, pay attention. Where did that word come from? What does it reveal about my heart? And what might the Lord want to transform in there? The third question, what hurtful words have I spoken to or about someone for which I need to apologize and seek forgiveness? Tongue may have been untamed, but it doesn't mean it can't be redeemed, that you can't be reconciled. Fourth question, who do I have a hard time speaking good words to or good words about? James talks about biases a lot in his chapter, right? Well, who do we have a hard time speaking good words to or good words about? That may show us some of our biases. Now, this could be an individual, and maybe it's someone close. Maybe it's, maybe it's a season where you're having a hard time speaking good words about your spouse or about your child, a parent, a sibling. Or maybe it's someone you, you don't even really know. Joe Biden, Donald Trump, Ben Simmons, Tom Brady. But who are these people? Or maybe, maybe it's not an individual. Maybe it's a group of people, a specific ethnic or religious group, a political party, people of a certain profession, Cowboys fans, Yankees fans. That's so with that one. <clears throat> but who do we have a hard time speaking good words to or good words about? I pay attention. Or maybe it's someone who's been consistently mean to you or someone who has hurt you and you have a hard time speaking or even thinking well of them. And here's what James writes. He said, we, we bless God, and out of that same tongue we curse them who are made in the image of God. And so he invites us for those people we have a hard time speaking well about to remember 
that they are created in the image of God. And maybe God can enter there to begin to shift our heart toward them. So there's an invitation here to practice. Practice speaking words of affirmation, words that affirm people's dignity as humans created in the image of God. Even if we don't agree with anything else about them, we can rest on that truth and speak a word of life. And we can also practice specific good things we might be able to notice about them. So there's an invitation to practice, right? James is a man of action, even when it comes to our words. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Or as the message puts it, words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. And so this passage in James, though very bleak in its depiction, there's also the flip side, the flip side of the beautiful wisdom he describes and how that wisdom gives us the power to use our words to speak life, the power to speak words of love, of grace, words of truth. With the Holy Spirit's help and with Christ transforming our heart. Uh, I was talking with a parent um, last week, I think it was, and they were sharing uh, this a parent who's adopted kids, and, and there's, there's heart issues that come with adoption. And, and he, he shared with me that he's begun doing this practice with his son of having him write out five affirmations of himself. Five affirmations, truths about himself that he can repeat to himself throughout the week and be reminded of. And he said, this is, he's seeing the fruit of this. It seems so silly. He said, it seems so silly. I wasn't sure I wanted to do it. It seems so silly, but I can see it working. And after he shared that with me, I go, that's what James is speaking to us, to put this into practice. Because when we use these words of truth, we are both transforming our heart and also training our tongues. And so uh, maybe this is a practice for you. Maybe as a parent, you want to do this with your kid, or maybe just something you need to do with yourself. Or maybe it's something you need to practice with some of those people you have a hard time with. Just affirmations, truths about people. Uh, and here's a few that are biblical. Um, they're not direct references, but they're rooted in these verses. I've got six of them up here. There's, there's lots more, but um, it depends on the person. If somebody is a brother or sister in Christ, there's a lot of affirmations because in Christ, there's a lot of deep truths that we need to be reminded about ourselves. But this is the beauty of James 3 is that there's an invitation for us to continue to work with the Holy Spirit. Our tongue is untamable for us, but not for the power of the Holy Spirit, for Jesus at work in us. So here's the big idea of James 3. Let the Lord be Lord of your tongue. 
Let the Lord be Lord of your lips. Let the Lord be Lord of your heart. Jesus calls us to put our faith in, sorry, James calls us to put faith in action. I think Jesus did too. Uh, But James calls us to put our faith in action and put our faith on our tongues. Letting the Lord bridle and direct our tongue to speak wise and fruitful words of grace and truth, words of peace and righteousness, words of life. I want to close with this uh, from Psalm 51, verses 10 and 15. Let this be our prayer. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within us. Open our lips, Lord, and our mouths will declare your praise. Open our lips, Lord, to speak words of life, words of blessing, words of encouragement, words of affirmation. Create in us clean hearts, O God. Create in us pure hearts so that the words that come out would reflect your goodness and your beauty. Holy Spirit, come and have your way in our hearts. Touch our hearts and make them pure. Touch our lips and our tongue. They too would be pure. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you for listening to the podcast of the Renew Community. This in no way should replace the formation within a community of Jesus followers. If you are looking for a church, would like more information about Renew, or would like to give financially to this ministry, check out our website at renewcommunity.org.